This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. And so with me not saving anything, we were at about a 5 to 7% savings rate when we started. And we've increased that now to almost 30%. dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill. And today, we're talking about pursuing financial independence when the odds are stacked against you and time is not on your side. Kids, debt, difficult career paths, and our desire to want more can hold us back financially. But it isn't until we intentionally put our future first that we start to make a change. Today, we're going to speak with someone who had this epiphany in her 40s with almost $1 million of debt and decided to make a change for her family and her future. Wendy Mays is my guest today. Wendy is a mother of six and the host of the House of Phi podcast. Her mission is to help others pay off debt, save more money, budget better, and increase their incomes, even when starting from scratch. Wendy's story and advice has been featured in multiple award-winning podcasts and major media outlets like CNBC. When Wendy isn't pursuing financial independence, she loves spending time with her family, her dogs, and reading a good book. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Hey, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you and I have known each other for quite a while now, and I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for being here. So, Wendy, what were the factors that led you to accumulate nearly $1 million of debt? Well, you know, I think you have to just go back to your childhood, you know, like that's where it all starts, right? So, you know, both Curtis and I, um, both of our families didn't really give us any sort of education on finances. Kurt's mom raised three kids by herself for a really long time. And so, you know, her household was focused on paying the bills, there wasn't really a whole lot of conversation. It's like we have food on the table, so things are good, you know? And then with my family, I think my dad grew up in some pretty extreme poverty. And so he was focused on getting education and getting to the middle class. And so there was a lot of work there for him as well. And same with my mom, she worked her whole life. And so they were more, you know, focused on, again, providing for their household and, and all of that. And so, you know, I think both of us really felt like, okay, the only way for us to get anywhere and pursue this American dream that we all want, you know, we all want the house, the cars, all of that is to get an education. And so we both, you know, full blaze ahead, go to college just by any means necessary and without a student loan debt. And so that was our first big hurdle was the student loan debt. So we started our marriage in debt with, you know, six figure debt and just thinking, we'll pay it off. You know, it'll get paid off. We'll get these great careers. We'll make a lot of money and it won't be a problem. But then, you know, you add to that, you have children, you want the house, you want the cars, and it just kind of snowballs (laughs) to this big thing and you find yourself in a place where what are we going to do you know what are we going to do with this 
I think you're you're speaking a story that might sound very familiar to a lot of people in our country. So talk to me about about that debt. So it started off as student loans, mm-hmm. and then it sounded yeah. like cars and yeah. other things. So what, yeah. what, what was the debt made up of? Yeah, so student loan debt was the big one initially. So I um, went to law school, uh, went to private law school in in San Diego, California. So my tuition was ridiculous, <laughs> which I have thirties and forty thousand dollars a year. And so my student loan debt was over two hundred thousand dollars. And Curtis he got his undergrad and then he got his master's in teaching certifications. And so he had added to that about another hundred thousand dollars. So then with, you know, putting that off and trying for as long not to pay it and kind of putting our head in the sand, interest accumulates. And so, um, we ended up with about $330,000 total in student loan debt. And then, you know, we bought our first house after I started my law career and he was teaching. So we had great jobs. We're making great money. So I think then our focus shifted to like, well, you know, we can afford the payments. So we're going to get the house. We can afford the car payments. Um, But our lives changed. Our lives changed when we got the boys and then our focus changed, but we still had the debt. Yeah. So it was student loans and then a a really big mortgage? Yeah. So we live in San Diego now. And so we're talking $550,000 mortgage for a 2,500 square foot house, you know, not ridiculous, not. Yeah, that's (laughs) Um, California, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. So half a million added to the $330,000. And then the rest of it was um, a couple car loans. And we bought a fixer upper house and we charged that to renovate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are all, I mean, when you say a million dollars in the beginning, we're like, whoa, okay, million. But you know what? You add it up, you go to the school, you get the degree, you buy the house. And as you're saying, this isn't some lavish, gigantic mansion. This is a reasonably sized house, especially for California. That is the the type that, that's what things cost out there. It's crazy. So I, I, I would assume that financially, this was probably very difficult for you but as you look at this number, as you felt this number, did this affect you mentally, emotionally? How did that go for you? Yeah, well, where it started to affect me is you mentioned that we have six children, and I mentioned when you, we got the boys. So our, our, we were a household of four for a very long time, and then we decided to adopt. And adopting one child turned into adopting four, and that's a story for another day, but <laughs> our house exploded. But with that, just and and we adopted them in our 40s and so we're further along in life and we just really wanted to do life differently when we got our boys and we wanted them to have time with us and i desperately wanted that but my income was what was supporting this lifestyle so my income was supporting this house payment these student loan payments the car payments the credit card payments and so i just felt very stuck and very hopeless. Like I couldn't figure out a way to make as much money as I was making, but also be home with my kids. And that is kind of the catalyst for finding the fire movement. That's incredible. So that was the point when you decided to open up your home, open up your heart for Mm -hmm. more children in your lives. You said, well, 
surely I could be spending more time with them or how can I be spending more yeah, how time can with I? them? Yeah. Exactly. So that was, that was sort of your turning point. It sounds like. Yeah. That was the turning point just in a, a really dark place of feeling like we were going to go to our graves with this debt. And I just wanted to be with my kids. Yeah. And, um, that led me to the internet because all answers are there, right? That's right. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Google it. I was Googling away. <laughs> I was Googling a laptop lifestyle of how can I work from home and make a lot of money? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it led me to the mad scientist, but that was the beginning was the mad scientist. And it was just this epiphany for me that there were normal people making normal incomes and saving 50%. And I couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't believe it. But for me, that was just a a check, a a heart check and saying, if there are people doing that, then there's no reason on this earth that you can't find a way with what, you know, the skills that you have and to, to do that. So we just took a deep dive into the five community and it was, yeah, it was an, it was an awakening. <laughs> That's great. Well, let's talk about some of those first steps that you then took yeah. at that point when you got inspired by the Bad Fight, which is awesome. He's got a great site and a, a great podcast too. Uh, talk to us about the first couple of steps that you then took to say, let's let's make a change. Yeah. So the absolute first step for us was we had to reduce our expenses. We weren't living lavishly, but we were certainly not being intentional with our money either. So we're talking, you know, like a couple of thousand dollars on a food budget. Yes, we have a family of eight, but there's no reason on earth that we have to spend $2,000 a month on groceries and eating out and all of that. So we just took the approach of, we're going to question every expense. We're going to take whatever it is that we're spending money on, on these bank statements, we're going to look at and we're going to ask, how can I cut this or how can I eliminate it entirely? And we did that with every single thing. And it, you know, it took time. It took a couple of years, but by the end of it, that last calculation, we cut $10,000 from our monthly budget. And that's huge. That's huge. Lots of people don't even make that much money in a month, but I was living on a lawyer salary. And the only way that I could not be a lawyer anymore was not to spend all my money. That makes sense. So that that was the first step was cutting our expenses. Got it. So talk to me about your income. You were saying you were living on a lawyer salary. Give people an idea of what that general range was. Um, My salary, just my salary was um, about um, 200,000, 180 to 200,000, just my salary by myself. Yeah. And that's a great income. But if you're using Mm -hmm. all of it to fund the mortgage and you're funding the Mm -hmm. student loans, there's not a lot left over for right. you or for your dreams, right? So right. that's that's the great thing that you you realized at that point, hey, I have this power. I've got this great shovel to, to make a difference here. Mm-hmm. So you started to reduce your expenses. Let's talk about how you started to tackle the debt then. So mm-hmm. what did you decide to go after first? How did you decide which way to go? Yeah. So, so when I say expenses, debt is included in that. And so we chose like our household expenses, we cut things like a housekeeper and all of that. But then with the debt, I, I chose a, a multi kind of approach to that because I wanted to be home with my kids. The first thing I targeted was things that I knew I could pay off very quickly that had really large monthly payments that we had. For instance, we had a tax bill that was a thousand dollars a month. If I knew if I could wipe that out, like right away, that's a thousand dollars a month. 
So we did that with a couple other things. We hit those first few things really, really quick, got rid of those, and then took all that money and we death snowballed for quite a while. And then once we got to the balances that were maybe a few thousand dollars, we switched over to debt avalanche where we attacked the highest interest rates first. And we did that for two and a half, almost three years. And then in October of last year, we kind of did our, you know, multi big move, you know, throw the big punches and we sold our house. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was a big decision. So you were in that 2,500 square foot house and you said, Hey, in Mm -hmm. order to make a big change, we got to sell the house. Talk, talk to me about that decision. How did that go? Yeah. That was a long process. That process took about a year. We started talking about it in October of 2018 after going to the Faisha and meeting people like JL Collins and just really wanting to expedite this process. And there really wasn't any way for us to do that. Curtis was already working extra hours and increasing his income. I was doing little things on the side and increasing mine. But we were at a point where if we didn't do anything else, we were still going to be carrying this debt for a few more years. And we just really wanted to make some big changes. So the only asset that we had to do anything with was our house. And I loved my house. <laughs> I loved this house. It was my San Diego dream house. You know, it, it, we had decorated it. We had done a lot of remodeling to it and put our hearts and souls into it. And we had a lot of emotional attachment to it. But after just really talking with Curtis, we talked about it for a long time and we both just kind of sat down with the numbers and said, you know, we also were very lucky that the market had increased really, really quickly in a short amount of time. And so we were looking at over a hundred thousand dollars in equity in about a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah. So big money. And we both just kind of said, this is for our kids. We want to do, we want to leave something for them. We want to have life different with them. And so we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to sell the house and we were going to use a portion of the proceeds to pay off the remaining consumer debt. And then we were going to take what was left and hopefully start real estate investing to increase our income. And so that's what we did. We did that in everything closed in November of last year. And so as of November of last year, we were consumer debt free. And so we had gotten rid of everything except for our student loans. This is a massive life change that you've decided to make. So talk to me about what it's like living in this new home. I know you love your old (laughs) home. So what is it like in this new home? Yeah. So the other thing is we opted not to buy again. So we are renters, which is It is an adjustment, but we really were very fortunate. Kind of once we decided to make the decision, things fell into place. Our house sold in six days. A friend of a friend was uh, moving out of their house and it was in the same school district for our kids. So they wouldn't have to change schools. The floor plan of the house was very similar to our old house. Uh, it was a little smaller, so it's 1,800 square feet, but um, we kind of grew a relationship with the landlords, and they're like, yeah, do whatever you want. So <laughs> we've, we've painted this house the same color in the inside as our old house, and so everything just kind of fell into place, and it, it was just you know a little bit of fate working there, I think, and knowing that we made the right decision and everything kind of just worked out. Yeah, I think that we've 
we've built up this thing of home ownership in our society that it's the end all be all. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you become a renter, it's like, Oh, that thing broke. I yeah. can just call somebody to fix it. Right. right <laughs> There's right. a lot of perks well, to renting. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention one of the biggest perks is we're saving by renting. We're saving $1,100 a month versus our mortgage. So not only did we, ended up in a house that's very similar to ours, our our old house. Our kids are in the same school, but we're saving $1,100 a month, which is more money back into our budget. So it, it just, it was the best decision ever. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. Wendy, it sounds like you've been pretty gung-ho about this plan from from the get-go. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like Curtis has jumped in pretty well. Was there some difficult conversations at the beginning trying to get one of you on board? How did that all go? He was, we call him the reluctant spouse because when I found the fire movement, he just thought it was another one of my, you know, crazy ideas because I'm the one with all the crazy ideas in our house. Um, (laughs) I know, right. We're like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, it took him some time. It, it really did. And I think what finally had him come around was just the conversations of, of talking about our future and aligning our goals about what we wanted our future to look like. And um, once we were in alignment with that, it was really just a matter of, okay, let's be on the same page about the plan to do it. So that was the turning point for us was just really sitting down with the goals and saying, okay, what do we want? Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, that's good. Those are conversations you need to have and yeah. and opening up with him. Sounds like it's made a big deal for your family. So let's talk about the family side of things. You've got a lot of kids. Yeah. They're involved yeah. <laughs> in, in the plans and they're involved in yeah. the decision making or at least around it. So what has their yeah. reaction been to moving out of the house and you know changing your lifestyle, spending less? What, what, what do they think about all this? It's different for the, the, the bigger kids versus the little kids with the, with the bigger kids, it's been more of an evolution, I think. And now they're starting to buy into using your money as a tool. So with my oldest is 23 and uh, my oldest son is 18. And so we've started talking to them about real estate investing and like, you know, if you do this and you, you know, work these numbers, you could create passive income for yourself. This is what passive income is. If you do this over and over and over, this is what your life could look like. And so that's been really, really fun. And then with the little ones, we don't really have any deep conversations with them. It's more about valuing experiences with them. And so we don't buy them a whole lot anyway, but they certainly have a joy filled life. You know, we do fun things. We, we have fun together at the beach or, you know, whatever, riding scooters outside. So they don't really lack for anything. And we talk about money and saving and when they get something, it's what are you going to do with it? You're going to save this much, spend this much. Um, give this much. So it's just little conversations here and there. That's good. Well, that's great. So let's talk about the overall progress you've made. You started with almost a million dollars of debt. Where do you guys sit today with regard to your debt? Mm -hmm. And then talk to us about your savings rate as well. One of the other goals that we had besides me being home with the kids was to, to save more. When we first started, we were only saving what Curtis was required to save through his California pension for he's a teacher. So he's has the state program, um, which I believe is seven to 10%, I believe. And so with me not saving anything, we were at about a five to 7% savings rate when we started. And we've increased that now to almost 30%. That's incredible. So, and we're increasing that every quarter, every quarter, we're just putting in the notice to increase his, uh, we ultimately want, uh, he, he really benefits from being in um, where he's at because he also gets a 403B and a 457 on top of a state pension. So right now we have the 457 and the 403B halfway to their max. And so the goal is, is that to get those both maxed out in addition to his pension. Yeah, because retirement's probably also on your mind too, right? I mean, getting yes. to that point where you're feeling comfortable. Where are you guys retirement-wise? And I guess based on your plan today, are you feeling more comfortable? Oh yeah, definitely. So our plan for retirement is 55 and we chose that number because that is when Curtis becomes eligible to retire and receive his pension. If he chooses to, he probably won't. He loves working, but if he chooses to, our plan is to cash flow our retirement through our investment properties. So we have four right now that are cash flowing about $1,100 a month. 
And the plan is to increase that to get about a $5,000 a month cash flow. And if we can do that, we will be financially independent. And then everything that we've put into our retirement accounts will be our legacy for our children. And we won't ever have to touch those. That's great. So why did you guys go the route of real estate investing versus maybe stocks or bonds or, or, or something else? Because our timeline was so short. Just really thinking about where we were in our lives. Curtis turned 49 in December. I turned 49 in a couple weeks. And our timeline was just shorter. We found this movement in our mid-40s and just really looking at time versus what we could accomplish with simply index in investing versus real estate investing. We felt that we could get to where we needed to be with real estate investing faster. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if somebody was listening right now and they were in their 20s, let's say, and listen to this mm -hmm. message, or, or you, if you found this message when you were in your 20s, do you think that you would have changed your passive income investing strategy? I probably would have done both sooner. Yeah. <laughs> I think both are important. I, I don't think you should have all your eggs in one basket. And I really think it really depends on what you want for your life. If you know you want to continue working the rest of your life, then you've got time on your side. Um, but if you're older in life, then you really have to think about, okay, what is it that I want and how reasonably can I get there without taking too much risk? That's a great, that's a great message. I love that. I, I, I'm similar to you, I think, Wendy, and in, in finding this message maybe just a few years ago. And so my, my investments, my taxable investments are like 10,000 bucks right now. So I'm like, any, yeah. any sort of retire, you know, early retirement off of that is, is it sounds great. Uh, but the, the feasibility for me, um, is, is probably not there, but anyway, yeah. I could share that with you a little bit. Um, so you, you said another big goal of yours was to be able to stay at home with the kids. So talk to yeah. me about that. So how, how is that going? Yeah. So I am. Congratulations. <laughs> I, yeah, I am. So when, um, once everything um, settled with the house in November, I was officially retired. I closed out my LLC. I, I'm retired, except that people keep calling me to hire me. And so I, I have a client. So I guess I'm really only semi-retired. And that's fine. I get to choose. You know, I get to be at home with my kids. I have this one case. So I go back to Phoenix maybe you know, once a month to, to be appear in court. And, and that's great. It's extra side money. And I'm still home with my kids every day. And it, it's working great. That's great. And you can use a skill set that you went to school for, and you have a lot of experience doing and probably can command good money, you know, from the comfort of your home. So that is that yeah. sounds like the best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, very cool, Wendy. I'm very excited that you shared this information with us because I think there's a lot of people in a similar situation that feel like maybe maybe it's a little too late for them. But no, mm -hmm. you got some time yeah. and you can do it. So let's talk to that person that's listening that's maybe in their like late 30s or 40s and they're saying, I've got too much debt. I don't have enough saved up for retirement. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like my situation is hopeless. What, what would you say to them? Just start you know, start, look at your situation. I always think there are opportunities to save. And so really evaluate your spending. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. You know, if you're single and you have a room in your house, maybe you get a roommate and just temporarily, if you're a mom, maybe you do a daycare, you know, sharing where you're sharing this expense with someone so that you can add a, you know, a few hundred bucks to your budget. Um, I just think there's always a way if you're open to thinking outside the box sometimes and just doing it, you know? Excellent. Very yeah. Cool. So where does your debt stand today? You guys were close to a million and now where are you today? 
Yeah. So we st- the student loans are, are our debt. So mm-hmm. it's 330000 And what we're going to do with Curtis's debt, he's a teacher, so he qualifies for the PSLF, the student loan forgiveness, because he works in public service. So for his, we're, we're going to attack his that way. It's got about seven years left on that. We'll do that for him. For me, we've decided to take a unique approach to my student loans. And instead of attacking those really hard and like paying down the principal on those really hard, we're going to divert that money to income properties and buy some investment properties that will then pay that student loan payment until the 20 or 25 years is up and they're forgiven. For our cash out of pocket, that's what makes the most sense for us because we can take about 30 to $35,000 cash out of our pocket, put that into some investment properties and have our tenants pay our, our student loan debt down. That's very unique. And it's, and yeah. it, we, have, we have unique problems, right? So we got to think of unique solutions right, to right. make it to make it work. Very exactly. cool. So exactly. let me let me ask you this question. Your kids are a part of this process right now. You talked about how you grew up. What are you what are you hoping that your kids see? Let's talk maybe five, 10, 15 years down the road. What, what are you hoping for your kids as they see you guys making these changes right now? What are you hoping for them in the future? First of all, with an education that they don't have to have student loans to go to school, number one, if they opt to go to school, that there's plenty of ways to pay for college uh, aside from student loans. And number two, that a traditional university is not required. There's lots of other options um, for them and need for it. And then with the little ones, just really showing them that you don't have to, as soon as you get a dollar, you don't need to go buy that ice cream from the ice cream truck, you know, just those little nuggets of information of saving is important, you know, giving is important. You don't have to spend every dime you have right away. Excellent. Well, Wendy, I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for this time today. Uh, I think it's great where you're headed with this plan by 55 to build up your passive income and create some freedom for you and your beautiful family. So where's the best place for people to connect with you and, and learn more about you? Yeah, they can connect with us at houseify.com. Um, I post regularly on there. Um, I'm also on YouTube, same thing, houseify.com, and then all of the other social media outlets. I'm there, or Houseify, in it, in whatever their iterations are for each one. <laughs> excellent, excellent, Wendy. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. A big mountain to climb, but Wendy is showing us how to do it one step at a time. Very cool. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Wendy Mays. Number one, get on the same page with your spouse. I don't want to say it's impossible to do what Wendy's done without her spouse being on board, but it would be a lot harder. (laughs) Start those conversations with your spouse as early as you can. Talk about what your dreams are for life. And if you want to eventually stay at home with your kids or just have more time with them, tell your spouse and make a plan together. Number two, consider downsizing. Downsizing may not be fun, but it can make a huge difference in your financial independence journey. Ask yourself if your house is owning you instead of you owning your house. A little less house may give you a little bit more life. Number three, start today and take the first step. 
Wendy said it. You may feel overwhelmed with all your debt, your lack of retirement savings, or just your overall financial situation, but it's time to start. Just start. Take the first step. Analyze your spending. See what expenses you can reduce today, and then make small incremental improvements. Wendy and Curtis are increasing their savings each quarter as a goal. See what you can do to make smart goals like that. These goals and challenges may just give you and your kids a brighter future. Wendy, thank you so much for opening up with us today. It can be difficult to share all of your financial details, especially the personal stuff, but your transparency is going to help a lot of people listening. So thank you. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one important thing to support this show. Share this episode with a friend who's maybe got a lot of debt and they need a motivating story to climb out. You can find this show and all the links and resources mentioned at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 178. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 178. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Walt Disney. All the adversity I've had in my life, all my troubles and obstacles have strengthened me. Keep charging forward and you'll conquer your biggest challenges, my friends. Carpe diem. 